Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. And can you believe it? We are already in the Elite Eight. This is the GHSA Girls Basketball State Playoffs Elite Eight preview. Getting into it, before we get into it, I want to mention the Sandy Spiel Spring Showcase, March 17th at Gainesville High School, an opportunity for players to get some hands-on skill work, break down into teams, do all that in front of media members such as myself, videographers, photographers, and most importantly, especially on this girl's side, college coaches. So March 17th, Sandy Spiel Spring Showcase, we do have some waitlist spots available left uh, in case anyone drops out, currently full, uh, but that is an opportunity. You can find more information on sandyspiel.com or at kylesandy355 on Twitter, or I guess you can call it X. Now let's get into it. Uh, Looking at what we did last round in the Sweet 16, we were able to hit on 57 of 64 games, 89%. Grand total through the first two rounds, if you want to add them all up, 192 games, 170 correctly predicted. That is 89%. But again, it gets harder and harder now. But let's start on the top left-hand side of the Class 7A bracket. Class 7A, we were able to predict 7 out of the 8 games correctly. Top left-hand side, we saw Campbell defeat Colquitt County 65-49. And now they will see Cherokee, an 83-51 winner against Lambert. They just raced away from Lambert uh, after it was a little bit closer in the first half. Um, These two teams uh, both obviously have really found their groove. They were both playing good basketball. Cherokee had a couple losses earlier in the year. You know, they had that ugly loss against Maris where I don't think they scored a point in like the third of the fourth quarter. Uh, And then Campbell, they had some girls in and out of the lineup due to injury. Uh, But it feels like they're full strength right now. Brooks Suttle has played well all throughout the season. Ty Harvey coming back has been a huge help. Sanaya Binion provides that length and athleticism. But they're going up against a Cherokee team that does have uh, a big-time score in Tony Warren, who's going to Wofford, coming off another explosive game. Uh, she can put the ball in the basket, one of the best scorers in the state, especially with her size and length at that wing position. She, she loves those jump shots. She can stretch it out to a three-point line. Campbell has to find a way to slow down Tony Warren, and she does have some help. Riley Simmons, we've talked about her throughout these previews at six foot, able to bang inside and stretch forth her three-point shooting. Madison Moody has had a very good career already as just, I believe, only a sophomore. Uh, So there are plenty of opportunities for Cherokee to score the ball. They do have a deep roster. This game's going to be at Cherokee, but I think I'm going to stick with Campbell. That was my initial pick. I just like their groove right now, um, but Cherokee looking at them coming off a 20-point win over Central Gwinnett, uh, Lambert by 32 points. I think they're really rolling, but Campbell, uh, that's my pick. I'm going to stick with them. Uh, I think Marley Battle will have to play a big role here as far as protecting the ball and getting the ball to her scores, uh, and Campbell, they have to do a good job of shutting down Tony Warren, which will be very, very difficult, but Campbell is my original pick, and I'm going to stick with that. Bottom left-hand side, we saw North Paulding defeat Newton 48-37, to and we had Buford 
hit, I believe it was 13 threes in the first half against North Gwinnett and bury them 71-24. These two teams hooked up earlier in the year. And if you remember what happened last year uh, between North Paulding and Buford, uh, Buford was able to beat North Paulding. They used that press. They blew them out. It was about a 20-point game or close to it. Uh, well, these teams hooked up in the what the, about the first week of the season, and it was close. It was really close. Um, it was nip and tuck all throughout. Buford held a, a slim lead, I want to say, maybe going into the fourth quarter, and then they pulled away late for a 62-49 win to beat North Paulding. Um, but that kind of just showed you how uh, North Paulding, they were – they were in that game to the fourth quarter, uh, and, and last year in the state playoffs, they just were not able to handle the pressure. So they have made some big improvements, and now they see Buford once again, and I think it's going to come down to, again, who's going to control the tempo. If this game is up and down and played in the full court, and there's going to be pressing and live ball turnovers, and it's, uh, like I said, uh, I guess you could call it a track meet, that's going to favor Buford. But if North Paulding can control the tempo – play this game on the half court. They have a massive size advantage uh, in the low post. Caden McCorvey, Morgan Landrum, the freshman, that athleticism, Ava Andrews, who I know plays more on the perimeter, uh, but is 6'1 and can cover a lot of ground. If they can play that game in the half court, get some second chance opportunities on the backboards, uh, North Paulding has a very good opportunity to win this one. But if this game is played at Buford's pace and this game is played in the high 60s and 70s and those three balls are flying and Alyssa Green's knocking down shots, Ava Grace Watson going to Ohio State, if she gets red hot and she is able to start picking off those passes in the full court press, I think North Paulding will struggle. I think you have to look at Lily Harris and also uh, Jada Jackson. I think they are going to be big, 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 big pieces for North Paulding to beat that press and to take care of the ball, and you just cannot let Buford get in transition, and also uh, the defense on the perimeter of trying to slow down Buford's outside shooting, and Lydia Ledford as well, uh, the second head of that attack. Um, Buford's my pick here. Uh, I, I I just am interested to see how this game is played, but again, if this game's a high pace up and down, it's going to go into Buford's favor, but if Coach Willis is able to slow it down, pound him inside, and use that advantage uh, with their size and get some outside looks for Marina Sapola if they're able to play a little bit inside out. And if Marina is hitting her three-point shot, she can be a little bit streaky at times. But when she is red hot and locked in, uh, North Paulding can beat a lot of teams in the state. But Buford is my pick. They have the best player on the floor in Ava Grace Watson, and I think everyone else will fall in line. Top right-hand side, Norcross pulled away from North Cobb. 49-30 to end a great coaching career for Coach John Spini. Now Norcross will see Grayson, and I was at this Grayson versus McEachern game, 76-31, to an absolute, um, just a destruction of McEachern. Uh, it only took Danny Carnegie three quarters to put up 34 points and 16 rebounds. The Georgia Tech signee, she's the best player in the state of Georgia. You cannot tell me otherwise. We've been seeing this for years now. Maybe she was just a smidgen overlooked while she was at Rockdale, maybe by you know people in the, the grand scheme of things that aren't really watching, maybe nationally speaking. I still think she is slept on nationally, the, considering the fact that she was not an All-American. Um, but she is the best player in Georgia. And what she was able to do to McEachern was just uh, ridiculous. 
grabbing those rebounds, pushing the ball in transition, scoring with the pull-up three. She had about five threes, I think. Um, everything was working, and she outscored McEachern by herself in just three quarters of work. Um, just an absolute beatdown. And now Grayson is playing a Norcross team, does does not have Janiah Aikens, uh, who's going to Mercer, who got hurt a couple weeks back. Norcross is not going to be able to score with Grayson. I don't think anybody in the state is going to be able to score with Grayson. They already beat Norcross 59-37 in their first matchup. Um, I thought this previous game against McEachum was going to be closer than when they beat him by 28 points, and I was sadly mistaken. They they took their game to a whole other level. I think Grayson's going to do that again. I think they are going to drill Norcross. I just don't think they have the firepower, but Norcross, um, they do play good defense. They are big up the middle with Justice Fitzgerald and Mariah Valerie, um, but debt is just a very tall task. And Grayson, with what they just did against a good McEachern team, um, I think they are really zoned in right now, and it is going to be tough for Norcross to score with Grayson. Might be able to hold them a little bit under their average. I don't think they're going to give up 76 points, um, but just too much firepower. For Grayson, and I do think Aaron Rodgers, who had a good game against McEachern, I think her size at that six foot, six foot one wing that can go inside and outside, she brings that toughness to Norcross. And as I mentioned, they already beat him by 22 points. No reason to think that anything else will happen here. Um, Grayson is a heavy, heavy favorite to win the state championship. I think everybody would be stunned if they don't, and I think everyone um, believes that they will beat Norcross here. And I am going with Grayson. Um, but I do know Norcross will be prepared, but I just don't know if they have enough firepower to slow down uh, the Rams, especially if Danny Carnegie is playing as well as she did as she did in that Sweet 16 round. Bottom right-hand side, Milton beat Walton 66-56, and now they will have to travel down to Lowndes, who beat Carrollton 57 56, the one game I got wrong. They jumped out on Carrollton 19-2. If you know about Carrollton, it's a team that wants to get the job done defensively. They're not very much uh, you know, explosive offensively. So that was a big hole to dig themselves in. Um, and that's tough to play from behind when you're just not a team that's really going to light up the scoreboard. They were able to get that game tied, I believe, with maybe about a minute or so left. Um, but Lowndes was able to ice it at the foul line. And then blocked a shot late. So Lowndes at home. I think Milton is going to have to play uh, very well to win at Lowndes. I think this home court advantage is going to be extremely tough. I feel like Milton has not really seen uh, a lot of big punchers recently. Their region was a, a nice region, but not a lot of top 10 teams in there. It was just them. Um, you see what happened to Lambert, who was a two-seed out of that region. They just got beat by 32 points by Cherokee. Uh, you see everyone else, you know, South Forsyth, West Forsyth, um, just wasn't a very strong region this year. And I think they're going to have to play much better than what they did against Walton with that 10-point victory. I think Nia Smith is a terrific player going to Appalachian State. I think she is awesome. I think if she is able to hit her outside shots and they're able to get some steals in the press and then get um, London Walker getting downhill and creating. Those two guards are great. I think those two guards are probably going to be the two best players on the floor against Lowndes. But Lowndes at home with Kamora Wade inside, Casey Demps, who hit that uh, free throws late. They are sneaky good, uh, and they're playing well 
with their new head coach that took over late, late, late in the season. Um, I am going to go with Milton in this game. I do believe that they do have the length. They do have the athleticism to try and stop Lowndes, but I am very, very, very concerned that this game is at Lowndes, and I am very, very, very nervous about that hostile environment, that super long bus ride. Um, I think the Stars are going to have to play. I think Milton's best players will have to play well. I think you're going to look for Caroline Young to have to have a double-double, which she's pretty much average almost all season long. If she is able to help out on the glass, get some steals, and they got to get Nia Smith free to score on the perimeter and get downhill, I think Milton can win this game. I think it's going to be extremely tough. Uh, but I am going to go with Milton. Uh, but do not be surprised at all if Lowndes at home with those big, physical, strong athletes, a team that's really gelled right now under their new head coach, uh, the Vikettes could win, but I'm going to stick with Milton. In Class 6A, 8 of 8 games correctly predicted. Only one game so far in the first two rounds that we got incorrect. We'll see if that hot streak continues. I'm sure it gets much, much tougher now. Top left-hand side, veterans beat Brunswick 76-42. to And now they will go on the road to Langston Hughes, a 59-38 winner over Rome. Games at Langston Hughes. Um, you got the size with Michaela Taylor inside. I think she's a, a big factor as far as getting offensive rebounds and scoring around the basket. You got Kyla Green's a good guard. Just a lot of players. Jasmine Baxter's been a bulldozer underneath the basket. Uh, just a lot of options Coach Trice has to turn to on a very loaded Langston Hughes team. Veterans, they might... Um, well, I, I won't say might. I'm, I'm assuming they do have the top prospect in this game with Gabby Minus, just with how long and athletic and versatile she has become on that combo forward position. Does it inside but can attack from the perimeter. Naraya Nelson's a really good second option. Destin Seaton is a veteran. Rihanna Bird has that length at about 6'1 in the paint. So they do have length. They do have athleticism to match up with Langston Hughes. But Langston Hughes is my pick. Coming out of Region 5, they've seen uh, New Manchester three times. They had some wars with them, able to beat them in that region championship game tight. Um, you got Cornelia Ellington, who transferred in in the middle of the season, provides some more scoring on the perimeter as well. I'm going with Langston Hughes here, uh, my original pick. Uh, but again, I think once you get to this stage, uh, anything can happen, but Langston Hughes, I just feel like they've seen a little bit better competition all throughout the season, especially with what they've done in the non-region, um, so I am going to go with the Panthers. Bottom left-hand side, it gets tricky here. Woodward Academy, 89-40 over St. Pius. Now they see North Forsyth, who finally slayed the Dragon. Sequoia, who beat them three times last year. North Forsyth clamps down for a 45-28 win. We have Woodward Academy at North Forsyth at Cole Mountain. Again, you're looking at this game. Woodward Academy, on paper, they have probably the better college prospects as far as that young backcourt goes with the Cooper girls. Um, Cameron Herring's a really great shooter. 
um, that has picked up some substantial, you know, mid-major and sniffing some high-major offers in the offseason can really score the ball. Uh, I think she's a big factor, Kyla or Kayla Whitner, as well as another good shooter. And then you look at North Forsyth. Well, they have um, London Weaver, who obviously has some big college offers in her back pocket, as about a six foot one swing girl that can that can score in a variety of ways. And Gabby Gelata has really turned it on her sophomore season. Um, but North Forsyth, they play very good defense. They play very good defense. I know they haven't seen. Um, a super amazing non-region schedule, but again, I always harp on this every single time. They did take that trip down south to play the likes of Brunswick, and I think they played Bradwell Institute. They beat um, Tiff County up this way, so they have seen some differing styles of opponents, and they won. They haven't lost a game all season long. North Forsyth is sitting here at twenty-nine and zero, and I think North Forsyth. I just feel like their cohesion has been uh, on point this year. Um, what gives me a, a little bit of pause about Woodward, they have had a couple um, losses where they got beat up pretty good, if I could pull it up real quick. Um, it wasn't always smooth sailing for Woodward. They have obviously hit their stride, 11 straight wins, but a couple of these losses that they had this year, you know, St. Francis, who is very, very good, beat them by 25 points. They lost by 21 to Galloway, which is very shocking. Um, they lost to Green Forest 54-38, lost to Spring Garden 70-53. to Now, mind you, these are all solid, good teams, but they're getting blown out in some of these games. They lost by 30 to Carrollton 69-39. So there were some interesting, strange little uh, quirks in the schedule. All those good teams that they played in the non-region schedule, it feels like they lost to. And looking at who they beat, um, that are big wins you know they beat hoover from alabama who's a really good team but looking as far as what they did in the state of georgia they beat carver columbus at first game of the year 73 72 but really other than that as far as non-region games weren't really tested didn't really beat anybody like that i obviously think woodward is very good they have great players but i think north forsyth um at home a very defensive minded team if london weaver gets hot I like North Forsyth to win this game uh, just for the simple fact that they're at home. Uh, this is a veteran group. Um, and Woodward, as I mentioned, they have seen some pretty good opponents, and they've been beat pretty badly by those pretty good opponents in the non-region. And North Forsyth has not lost a game. But I think what you see here, they just cannot let happen what happened to them a couple years back when I believe uh, they were pretty much might have been undefeated or at least undefeated in Georgia uh, when it, Grayson uh, was just too athletic for them and shell-shocked him and put him in the hole early. If North Forsyth can get off to a good start, not fall behind early, and play this game at their tempo and dictate it with their defense, I like North Forsyth to win. Top right-hand side, Pope, a 53-44 winner over South Paulding. They see Maris 51-23 against Lakeside Evans. Maris is my pick here. I could see this game being played uh in the the 40s to 20s so you're talking maybe like 40 44 to 23 something in that elk i just am very concerned with pope's ability to score against one of the best very very best defenses in the entire state in marist uh kate harpering with her athleticism and her ability to get the ball and go and score in transition and of course score with her jump shot in the half court 
I, I worry about how Pope and Coach Blythe will be able to stop her. That is a, a five-star superstar player that does everything that is just going to be very challenging for Pope to match up with. Uh, I think you're going to have to look for the Greyhounds to hit some outside shots. Abby Benzman, I think this could be a coming out party for her if she is able to produce you know, 15 or 20 points. That would be massive um, for Pope, but you see what Marist does during the postseason. They gave up 22 against Houston County. They gave up 23 to Lakeside, and that's why I kind of feel like you could see this game in the Marist in the 40s, Pope in the 20s. No knock on Pope, but Marist is just very, very good defensively. Hannah Fakloris uh, does a good job uh, kind of being the, the floor general in the post. Abby Lindsay can hit some outside shots. Uh, again, I think you have to get off to a good start against Marist. Edwal got off to a good start against Marist in the regular season, and then it just tapered off. It's just really hard to string together four good quarters of outscoring Marist. Uh, and I don't think Pope's going to be able to do so. Uh, they will be prepared, but this game's at Marist, and it's just going to be tough. Um, but if it's a close, kind of tight game at halftime, they can hang around and make it interesting. But at the end of the day, um, you have Kate Harpering, and she's really, really good, and I just don't think Pope's going to be able to match up and score enough points against such a stingy defense. Bottom right-hand side, River Ridge, a 71-56 winner against new manchester they broke it open in overtime but it was a very tight scary contest all throughout uh, for the offending state champs and now they will have to go down south to tift county 65 37 winner over glenn academy um and of course if you listen to that sweet 16 preview podcast i think i mentioned ali sweet would be a key factor for River Ridge to beat New Manchester, a big, strong, physical team. And what did Allie Sweet do? 22 points, 25 rebounds, 4 assists, and you had a great game from Sophia Pearl. Broke out 26 points, went 19 of 19 from the foul line. So now River Ridge, they're able to get past that really super tough New Manchester team. They're going down south to Tift. Tift is a nice, strong, good team. This is a solid program. They don't have uh, quite as many scoring options in that wild size um, that you were able to see with New Manchester with Jocelyn Faison, but they do have girls that can score the ball. Jemiah Cushion was a first-team all-region pick. Uh, Jalea Miller, Offensive Player of the Year in Region 1. Tip County does not lose many games at home whatsoever over the past couple of years. Very, very tough. And they do have the newcomer of the year, Mariah Batts. But... River Ridge, if they're able to handle the environment, get their footing, uh, if if Tiff County lands that first punch and goes up 10-2, uh, if they're able to just breathe and regain themselves, uh, I, I like River Ridge to win this game. I do think they are the best team in the state in Class 6A, uh, battling through adversity to beat New Manchester. I think that was important. Uh, and I think if they're able to hit those outside shots, again, Michaela Robertson uh, with her defense, uh, I think she will play a, a key role on guarding, most likely Cushion, maybe could see some time um, on Miller as well. Um, but I think her defense will be important here. And I think Finley Parker, I think you you look for Finley Parker at that 6'1", 6'2", freshman with her versatility. 
if the stage isn't too big for her, I think she's going to bounce back and have a nice strong game with her length, scoring a couple baskets inside and maybe knocking down some outside shots. I like her. I think this River Ridge team just has more pieces that can score the ball. Tiff County can make this game gritty and tough and defensive, but at the end of the day, I think River Ridge just has too many explosive scores to hold down, and if River Ridge can lock in defensively, I think they could come away with the win, but I would be stunned if this game is uh, decided by double digits. I think this is just going to be a gritty, tough, black and blue game like Tiff County likes to make it, but I do think River Ridge finds a way uh, out of Tifton and makes it back to Woodstock with a W. We move on to Class 5A, six of eight games we predicted correctly. Top left-hand side, Union Grove, 61-43. They defeat Statesboro, a big, big game from Jordan Brooks, who dumped in 28 points, and now Union Grove, that old foe, they will see Maynard Jackson at Maynard Jackson after the Jags beat Kell 72-45. Again, for all intents and purposes, from what I've seen throughout the season, these are the two best teams in Class 5A. These are the two best teams in Class 5A. This feels like the state championship game. It feels like whoever wins this one is the heavy favorite to win a state title. And, of course, you can throw all that stuff out the window. (laughs) I I saw it especially on the boys' side in the Sweet 16. None of this stuff means anything. The rankings, you can just toss it all out. But these two teams, on paper at least, have been the two best teams in this classification all year long. Last year, Maynard Jackson defeated Union Grove in the Elite Eight 54-47. It was a game that was... Uh, looks like they were tied at halftime, 25-25 at the half. Then Union Grove had a bad third quarter, scored just four points, and ended up losing 54-47, as I mentioned. Uh, Jordan Brooks had 19 points in that game. Uh, Talia Cornish for Jackson had 19 points. Shakira Gresham had 17 points. Uh, so these two teams are very familiar with one another. Again, I've been saying pretty much all season long, or at least on these podcasts here, this game is going to come down to who is dictating the tempo. I feel like if this game is played in somewhere in the 30s or even 40s, that's going to favor Union Grove. If it's in the 60s, 70s, that's going Maynard Jackson's way. But if it's in the 50s, it's a toss-up. It's anyone's game. And you saw last year Maynard Jackson scored 54 points and won that game. Maynard has just so many options that they can turn to. They run girls in and out. They press. They play quick. They get live ball turnovers, turn those into points. They can shoot the three. They whip the ball around between the Cornish girls. Um, Just a lot of good options that they can turn to. British McKinney is a really tough post player inside that's only about 5'10", but is uh, a very good score. But you look at what Union Grove likes to do. They want to sit on you and defend and grind you down and really make it more so of a, a half-court game and pound you in the mouth with Nadia Smith on the backboards and Mariah Miller. And they have uh, Nala Franklin gives you some really nice length that they can turn to. Uh, they have just all the pieces, it feels like. Julia Baker plays very good defense. She's a, a tough nose uh, defender. All the pieces are there for a very veteran team, a team that's stuck together, um, and has grown up through the ranks 
hasn't had to rely on a lot of transfers to come in and supplement what they have been building since, you know, it feels like middle school and maybe even earlier. Um, Union Grove has been my pick this entire time. I think it's going to be very tough just because it's hard to slow down Maynard Jackson, but they did hold him to 54 points last year. They just didn't score enough. I think Union Grove is going to have to be able to score some baskets to win this game, um, and sometimes it can be a little bit touch and go with that. But Alexis Parson, she's had a really nice breakout season, I feel like, knocking down some big shots, had that huge three to beat Jones County in the region championship. I could see her playing a big factor in this game. Um, but I think where it really starts and stops, I think the bigs of Union Grove, they have to be able to dominate on the backboards. Nadia Smith, Mariah Miller, I think they're going to be big. And then Jordan Brooks, if she can use that quickness, now she's finally running up against some some quick guards that Maynard Jackson has that can equalize with that and kind of neutralize. But if she's able to make those plays downhill, find her post presences inside, and Union Grove score on second chance hoops and eliminate second chances for Maynard Jackson, I think Union Grove can win this game. But again, I feel like whoever wins this one is a heavy favorite to win the state title. Both teams only one loss. Union Grove, um, their only loss was to Hebron, who second best team in the entire state, a nationally ranked program. Maynard Jackson's one lone loss, I believe, came to North Paulding. Not quite at that same level. Um, and Union Grove's played a super tough non-region schedule. But I'm going with the Wolverines. I'm dragging on with this pick, but I'm going with Union Grove to beat Maynard Jackson in what should be a very, very good game. Bottom left-hand side, we got these two games wrong, and they were wild <laughs> in how these games were wrong. Harris County beat Bradwell Institute 50-48. to I was watching this game on NFHS's start, and I think Bradwell was up about 15 points or so in the first half. This game looked like they were about to salt this one away. A big early lead, and Bradwell fell apart, crumbled into pieces, and Harris County came back and won by two points. Now they will see Cartersville, who got out to a hot start, hit 11, 12, something like that, threes, got red hot from distance, built up about an 18-point lead. Jefferson at home comes storming back, forces overtime. Technical foul kind of swung momentum in favor of Cartersville, and Cartersville wins 66-64, eliminating Jefferson for the second consecutive season. And once again, Cartersville is here now in the Elite Eight against Harris County and Cartersville. Remember, I had Cartersville ranked very high to open up the season in the preseason. I thought Cartersville was good. They had some tough goes in the non-region schedule, uh, kind of spun their wheels a little bit until the end of the regular season and uh, was able to capture that two seed out of Region 7. But still, they're only 17-12 and 12 overall. But that is uh, uh, kind of similar to what their mark was last year. But Cartersville's tough. Who do I pick in this game? Cartersville uh, going to have to go on the road to Harris County. Uh, I really think this could be a coin flip and a toss-up. Harris County, tough at home. Brooke Bass is a really good guard. Janiah Broom helps out a lot. Um, I think I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Cartersville in this one. If they're able to hit some threes like they did against uh, Jefferson, and if they're able to get that big, massive performance like they got from, I believe it was Ansley Griffin, had a huge game against uh, Jefferson and was helping knock down some outside shots. I think Cartersville can win this game. Um, again, I, I think it's going to be tough going on the road, but they just went on the road and beat Jefferson. 
Um, so Cartersville's playing very well. Ansley Griffin, 29 points that last game against Jefferson. Uh, if they still have some outside shots in their arsenal, I think Cartersville wins, and I think Cartersville makes it to the Final Four. I just trust that they played a much tougher uh, in a much tougher region, and I think that has really helped them see a lot of different styles, seeing the likes of you know Cass, Dalton, Hiram, um, Calhoun even. They've seen good teams in the region and in the non-region, and you know this time of year I always rely on that, even though it doesn't really mean much, but I think Cartersville can win. I think it's going to be tough, but I am going with the Lady Canes. Top right-hand side, Dalton, 70-60. to 60. They beat Creekside. Cindy Dennis, the freshman for Creekside, I believe had 30 points, so had half of her team's points. But again, it came down to Grace Ridley with a double-double and getting some key contributions elsewhere as well. And now Dalton will see Arabia Mountain, 58-46. They were able to beat Eagles Landing. Arabia Mountain, again, they got all those, those freshmen. All those freshmen have been playing uh, – Key, key, key minutes, key moments, scoring the ball exceptionally well. Uh, Shania Heath has been terrific this year for Arabia Mountain, one of, if not the very top scorer in the whole county. That's uh, very impressive. She went for 33 points um, and really poured it on late uh, for Arabia Mountain to get past Eagles Landing. I think they're going to be seeing a much tougher team now in Dalton. This game is at Arabia Mountain, so Dalton will have to travel. But you're talking about a team full of all freshmen versus a team full of all seniors, essentially. I'm going to go with Dalton. Again, I lean on Grace Ridley to just be that animal with her springy legs, getting those offensive rebounds and putbacks. I think Arabia Mountain will struggle to contain her. Um, but Dalton, they're going to have to do a, have to do a good job on Heath. Cannot let her get going crazy. Um, but I do think Dalton has played, again, much better opposition throughout the season. I think they'll be able to find a way to make this game a physical drag-out battle, and I think they win it inside with Ridley and company. So I'm going with the Catamounts to make it to the final four. In the bottom right-hand side, Midtown 69-48 against GAC. Midtown sees Jones County. They beat Ware again. They beat them last year as a four-seed when Ware was the one seed in the first round, and now they scratch it out 34-32. They beat Ware County again, so the Greyhounds are into the Elite Eight, and now they will have a tough matchup with a team that can really score the ball and they can get after you with the press. Uh, Haley Wartman has just really been a revelation this year. She's had a great season. She had 26 points and 13 rebounds against GAC. I worry about what Jones County is going to be able to do to keep her off the glass and keep them from throwing lobs to the big six foot two post to score over top. I think Devin Bachman, her speed is going to be key in this one. You got Sinclair Richmond knocking down some outside shots, and Brielle Lewis just does a little bit of everything. Amaris Ridgeway is going to have a lot on her shoulders in this game at the guard position for Jones County. And then I think Carly Skinner, she's going to have to hit some shots for the Greyhounds. Uh, this game is going to be played at Jones County. I think that is a big, big, big advantage for the Greyhounds. But again, um, I'm going with Midtown to win this game. That was my initial Final Four pick. But again, Region 2 is tough. They get after you. You're, they're physical. They play defense. They make it a black and blue game. If this game is lower scoring, I think that favors Jones County. Um, but I am going to go with Midtown to beat Jones County to make it to the Final Four.
over in Class 4A. Eight of eight games correctly predicted. We have only missed one game so far, dating back to the first round. Let's get started. Top left-hand side, Baldwin crushes Trinity Christian 62-42. And now they will see Stockbridge 63-61 winner over Southwest DeKalb. I think Stockbridge is a team most physically equipped to beat Baldwin this year. They have those six foot two girls inside. They have multiple uh, big bodies that they can turn to in the paint. Jaslyn Ware is one of them. India McIntosh is one of them. Um, you also have other key big bodies that you could throw uh, down there as well. Um, J- uh, Jalea McDonald, another long six foot two forward that can alter shots inside so they have they have the bodies they have a lot of them that they have accumulated this offseason to throw at Baldwin and Janae Walker and Cassidy Neal Uh, I think the guard position this is where uh, you're gonna have to see CJ Wilson have a really big game going to Prairie View A&M she can be a dynamic guard that can play on the ball off the ball averaging over 16 points six rebounds close to five assists four steals block a game she can do a lot i really like that matchup cj wilson versus madison ruff who's going to mount saint mary a very tough nose downhill guard that makes things happen baldwin very aggressive with that defense and that uh attacking the ball attacking the rim with that penetration and it all starts with ruff um this is a this is gonna be a tough one I I feel like Baldwin is built for this moment this is this is their year to win a state title um but it's gonna be extremely difficult especially if you see Stockbridge get some big moments out of their guard play with uh Callie Ingram knocking down some outside shots she's another 5'9 5'10 athletic guard um you also have Falks at the guard position Jayla Falks averaging 11 points she could break down her man and get downhill so it's going to be a really a major battle, a real war. I, I think, again, this game's going to be one with who can control the paint the best and then who might be able to make the most outside shots. Again, on paper, I feel like Stockbridge matches up exceptionally well. They're one of the very, very, very few teams in the entire state that could pretty much honestly say they're, they might be bigger than Baldwin at almost every single position. Uh, and that could be a big factor in this one. This game is going to be played at Stockbridge. I think that really helps the Tigers as well. Um, but I'm going to go with Baldwin. I just feel like Janae Walker, she'll find a way inside. Uh, Coach Kizzy Walker, they've been there. They've done that before. They want to get back to Macon. I think this is going to be a physical war. I think this is going to be possibly one of the best games in the entire state. One uh, to really watch if you want to see some just um, – power players in the paint banging and you want to see those tactics of what these coaches want to do Um, but Baldwin is my pick I think it's going to be very very tough Um, but whichever team wins this game I think they they have a a major physical advantage in the final four but Baldwin is my pick bottom left hand side Fayette County 53-26 winner over Burke County and now they see Chesty who beat Heritage 61-55 Riley Black had, I think, 30 points, 18 rebounds, 4 assists. You're not going to beat Chesty if you cannot keep her from getting to the basket. Caroline Bull hit five threes, had 15 points. You know the recipe for success for Chesty, but somehow these teams, they don't know how to stop it. And I don't think Fayette County is going to be able to stop it. They don't have um, 
you know, I, I just, I, I'm just, I'm just going to be, I would be stunned. I would be stunned if Fayette County won this game at Chesty. That is going to be a complete sellout. I do think where Fayette County does have a chance, they do have some size. They do have some athleticism. I think they do have the pieces that can really help and make things difficult as far as trying to keep Riley Black out of the lane. I think Anaya Ferguson is going to play a monster, huge, huge role in this game at about six foot one, six foot two, a big, strong body that can wall up and make things challenging. They also have uh, Samantha Ohande. She's more of a wing, but she has some length at about six two, six three. Uh, Megan Ohande, who has some Division One offers, she's about six foot tall on the on the wing. Emily Nahua is about five eleven in size. So Fayette County, they have the size. Now it's all about can you piece together this defense and understand how to beat Riley Black, who, from what I'm seeing, it, it feels like she's probably going to win Class 4A Player of the Year because no one has been able to stop her all season long. Uh, Dayla McCoy and Andrea Hope at the guard position, I think they're going to have to play uh, big roles for this Fayette County team. And then Fayette County, um, if Chesity is able to keep them and turn them into a three-point shooting team, I think they're a little bit more improved as a three-point shooting team than they were last year, where at least on max preps it said they made maybe 33s all year long. Well, you know Chesity is going to launch three after three after three. And if they're hitting threes beat twos and then the twos that you are going to get are going to be efficient and effective twos coming from Riley Black um but Fayette County they're going to have to hit some outside shots I feel like and they're going to have to use their size advantage to beat Chess T but this game's at Chess T and I I think Fayette County is a good team a really good team a little bit on the younger side a lot of juniors on this roster and a couple sophomores as well Chess T um Juniors as well, but that senior leadership in Riley Black, I think Chesty's going to win this game. I think Riley Black has just been unstoppable the entire time, and if they're not going to be able to draw charges on her, and if Chesty is knocking down some outside shots, and if Fayette County is not knocking down outside shots, I think it's going to be a tough night for the Tigers. So I am going with Chesty to make it to the Final Four. Top right-hand side, North Oconee. Just, uh, it extinguished the furnace 64 to 36, beat up on Sonoraville. Uh, they will be playing Stars Mill, who had that forfeit win to get to the next round. North Oconee is my pick. I had North Oconee from the very beginning advancing to the Final Four. Again, I think this is a fairly evenly matched game. I think Stars Mill does have that quality size and pretty solid athleticism on the perimeter. They have some. Um, Key players, you know, Sonny McQuaid's going to Rollins College to be a, a lacrosse player. She's about five foot nine. You could see her play a uh, important role in this game. I think Brooke Godown's going to have to knock down some three pointers for Stars Mill. Um, that's going to be a, a key factor. Brooke Herdman as well, another veteran. A lot of veterans on this Stars Mill team, but I think the freshman Lindsay Kopachek is she's going to have to play a big role inside, battling with Kendall Wells. But I think Kendall Wells, even though she's only about maybe 5'9", the big physical Oklahoma softball commit, she's a bulldozer in the paint. I think Lolly Willis can knock down threes. I think the quickness and speed of Yaya Peavy, the Bernal commit, if she's able to get downhill, get hot from distance, I think she's got that quickness to really make this game tough for Stars Mill on the perimeter to corral her. Uh, I'm going to go with... North Oconee to win this game, but I do think this is going to be a very good matchup throughout. But I just feel like the advantage, uh, the the creativity 
between Willis and PV in the backcourt. I think those two girls are potential three-level scores in this game, and I think they will be able to make it more of an open-court style play. And if they're launching threes, I think they're going to be able to hit most of them. Going to be tough at Stars Mill, um, but North Oconee, I think, um, might be able to get past Stars Mill, but should be a good one. Bottom right-hand side, Holy Innocent, 76-59 over Luella. And they will play Hardaway, 64-33 over Griffin. This game is at Hardaway. It's going to be a long trip. I understand Holy Innocence has Haley Swain, who's going to Stanford. The commit is a big-time USA player. Should be the best player on the court, the star player. If she's knocking down her threes, I think Holy Innocence wins this game. But I think the inside and the physicality of that defense of Hardaway lends me to think Hardaway can win this one. Michaela Johnson, right there. If she's hot from distance, if she's hitting three, four, five threes and is able to provide um, – some help on the defensive glass and maybe get downhill a couple times. She's about five foot eleven, junior. You got Akila Shelton, who I really think is going to be a key factor in controlling the paint, blocking shots, rebounding. I like her. I just really like this solid core five. The starting five for Hardaway is very strong. Adeja Burrell, she's going to have to play well. Also, Holy Innocence. I think if threes are falling, Holy Innocence will win this game. Zayna Preston going to Anderson. Uh, a very savvy guard, gets a lot of steals, can knock down some shots. Atlanta McMasters, good shooter as well. And Nakai Worthy, very skilled forward. She's going to have to bring her hard hat to go to work and battle with Hardaway in the paint. They're very physical. Um, but again, if, if Holy Innocence is knocking down threes, I think they, they can win this game, certainly. Um, but I think Hardaway is going to be able to come with a strong defensive game plan. And I think they can kind of make this a rough and tumble game. And if they're able to do that, I think the Hardaway Hawks advance to the final four. And that is going to be my pick, but it won't be easy. We move down to Class 3A, 7 of 8. We got correct. We've missed two games throughout the first two rounds. Top left-hand side, Monroe, 66-53 over Mary Persons. Um, Keandria Cree is just a nightmare to deal with and now they will see white county who blasted franklin county 66 35 this game will be at monroe that is a long travel from cleveland georgia monroe is going to have some some great athleticism with kj Cree again she's got you know south carolina offers all these high major offers already as a freshman she's averaging Uh, almost close to a triple-double. She can do no wrong on the floor, it feels like, at times. She's just such a high-energy player. She's got Taylor McKenzie, another freshman, knocking down threes. Ciara Lunsford provides that toughness around the rim at about 5'10". Both teams love to press. This could be a very entertaining game, but I just feel like with um, and her ability to swoop in for steals and go coast-to-coast, I'm very curious to see how White County combats that and tries to slow her down even if this game is not in the full court once they get into the half court uh Acre is so good at getting downhill they can post her um they really do like to get the ball inside with her and Lunsford so you, you could play her one through five literally has really nice footwork and post moves on the low block and then if McKenzie is hitting those outside shots as well um, that's big. But, you know, they're really a three-man scoring team. You can kind of say the same about White. It's usually the same three players that are scoring the ball. Emma Lightsey with the three-point shot. Uh, Kylie Watkins from the high post and in at the forward position. And then you get a couple other players, Aaliyah Anderson, Maya Ye, uh, 
Very good. Zoe Burkett, I think, will play an important role here with her length and ability to knock down an outside shot and play defense. But I think Monroe is going to be a handful. White County's my initial pick to make it to a Final Four. Um, looking at that on paper, that was my initial pick and kind of uh, teetering towards going with Monroe here. I feel like with KJ Creech, I just – I'm. I don't know what White County is going to do to be able to slow her down. If White County is able to shoot a bunch of threes and if Lightsey is hitting, uh, I, I, I like the Warriors to win this game. But if outside shots aren't dropping and Monroe's making this a really fast and physical game, I think they could struggle. Um, White County is my initial Final Four pick. I, I am going to, I am going to stay with that and pick White County to beat Monroe, but I think they're going to have to play excellent basketball to slow down the freshman. But White County, I will stick with them, um, but I think it's going to be a, a really uphill battle, but I'm going with White County. Next up, we have Morgan County. I got that one wrong. 46-37, they beat Calvary Day, and now they run into the Hebron buzzsaw, beat Pickens 82-63. to Hebron Christian will win this game and advance to the next round. Top right-hand side, we have Oconee County, 26-46 loser to Wesleyan, a low-scoring game. Uh, but I guess you could say that's positive to see that if you're a Wesleyan fan with the defense hunkering down. Now they see Cross Creek, who put up 77 points in a 77-42 win over Savannah Country Day. This game is at Cross Creek. Cross Creek does have a dynamic point guard. Michaela Bogans going to Morgan State is dynamic. But Wesleyan has two dynamic guards in Chit Chat Wright and Brianna Preston who can do very similar things as far as their quickness and speed and scoring from multiple levels. I don't think Cross Creek will be able to win this game. Bogans will be worth the price of admission to watch her go up against Chit Chat. Again, two of the most electric guards in the entire state. But Wesleyan just has too much more around um, their star players. Eva Garibadin going to Georgia College with her three-point shooting. Joe Potter. In the paint will be a big factor here. Wesleyan's not very deep, but I don't think Cross Creek is going to be able to win this game. I just don't think they have enough help around Michaela Bogans. Bottom right-hand side, Hart County, 48-40 winner over Dawson. Dawson led pretty much the entire game until I think maybe around midway through the fourth quarter, stopped rebounding. And Dakota Phillips, I think she had all 14 of her points or so in that fourth quarter and took over down the stretch. Hart County, now they see Carver Columbus, a 75-39 winner over Peach. I just think Carver is going to be too tough with that full-court press. They have so much length. They have Jasmine Thornton that can score the ball in a variety of ways. Shoots a three pretty well, but can get downhill. Um, it just goes on and on. Cameron Thomas is a good guard. Another downhill attacker, Aubrey Wilkins at the point guard position. Uh, they got Chubb. Let me make sure I get Chubb's name right, Chubb Williams. Um, so they just have a lot to choose from. That was the defensive player of the year in Region 1. I think Carver's just going to be too much with their length. Their speed, their pace of play, that full-court press is going to really put Hart County in a tough position. And I think Carver-Columbus makes it to the Final Four. And we'll see Wesleyan in a game that those two teams hooked up last year. And it was a really high-scoring game, both teams in the 70s. Wesleyan won that one. But I think Carver gets another crack at them at Savannah State in the Final Four. 
Up next, it's Class 2A. In Class 2A, we got them all right, folks. Eight out of eight in the Sweet 16 round. Top left-hand side, we saw Central Macon beat Sumter County. 51-24 Central, um, just too complete of a team, even with injuries. You saw um, some key contributions, and I had Duggar's been stepping up a lot, Jazz Johnson as well. Uh, they got the job done. Now Central sees Columbia, who crushed Fannin County, 69-35. I am going with Central Macon to defeat Columbia. I think Columbia has that athleticism. They do have some size. They're going to have some players that can make it interesting, um, that can score the ball. Columbia is pretty tough, well-rounded. You know, they, they went on that little bit of a slide earlier in the season, lost a couple games, got blasted. Uh, by Southwest DeKalb, which was kind of the bizarre to score only 18 points, lose 71 to 18. Then they lost by 23 points to Callaway, but ended up beating Callaway by you know double digits the next two times I saw them. Um, but Columbia, they do have uh, Nia Anderson averaging close to 17 points per game. She's a good score. Um, you got Kamaria Robinson, about 12 points, eight rebounds, blocks from shots. Um, Elon Turner, 11 points. You know, they got four girls, close to five girls, that average double digits. So they're used to scoring the ball. But Central Macon's tough. They play great defense, even though they have some, you know, Taylor Davis missing and Talia Greer, their, I guess you could say their top guard, uh, one of their top two guards at the very least, injured. Um, but Alea Graham puts the ball in the basket. They're very well coached. They get after you. They have the 4.3 mentality. I really like Central Macon. You've seen some other players step up. Duggar, who I mentioned, she was a second-team all-region pick. She has really uh, made her presence felt. Francis Anyakudo is a big, strong body that clears out and grabs a lot of rebounds. I'm going Central Macon to win this game. I know they have to go on the road, uh, but they are physical, they are tough, and they are playing for their fallen sisters. So I think Central Macon, the Chargers, I think they get to the Final Four I think they find a way to top Columbia, and they do it with their defense. Bottom left-hand side, Josie 65-35 over Brantley County. Now they will see Banks County 43-29, a winner against Model. I was at that game. That was a somewhat of a strange game, 16-3 in favor of Banks at the end of the first quarter. Then uh, I think it was a 15-2 run, saw Model surge back into it, tie the game up 21-21, and then Model could not score in the second half. Scored eight points in the second half. Really more closer to five points. They hit a late three with about 10 seconds left. And Banks really just crushed them. Uh, Model made that run when Carly Seegers was on the bench in the second quarter. But once she came back into the game, uh, they just really struggled with that size. And then in the third quarter, Banks County was able to execute some flex cuts. Found Riley Murphy underneath the basket. And she was able to stretch the floor with her three-point shooting. And Reese Murphy and... Addison Horde, you know, all hustling. Ella Kate Shedd, great hustle player as well. The freshman, she made some really nice plays, getting on loose balls, rebounds, uh, really stuffed the stat sheet uh, defensively. But I think this is going to be a really tough game. I know it's at Banks, but Josie, they lost to Banks last year. Um, both teams have pretty much all their roster back, but Josie, it, it sounds like they're they're finally at healthy. Keasia Henderson did not play in that game last year after hurting I believe it was her knee very early on in the season. She's averaging, you know, close to a double double in assist. Kiaja Henderson, and then you have the other very dynamic guard in Carrie Fluellen, 
Really good, really good quick backcourt. Samaya Jenkins has seen her playing time increase this year, and she has been terrific. The defensive player of the year in that region. Springy block shots, rebounds. Shania Sanders feels like she's been there forever. She's a first-team all-region pick. Uh, playing at Banks in you know, a, a smaller court as to compared to when they saw each other at Georgia College, it feels like. Uh, I think Josie's going to be able to cover a lot of ground, but I think Josie, they're going to have to press it. And if Josie doesn't press and use that length and quickness and speed to their advantage, they might be in a dogfight. Remember last year, they didn't go to the press until late in that game, and it was too late, and Banks was able to hold on. I think Josie is my pick in this one, but if Banks is knocking down three-point shots, I think they can obviously win this one. And if Josie is not... Uh, not discipline on those baseline cuts, those flex screens, and getting those shuffle cuts downhill, and then even some of those, um, you know, elevator plays that they get to the wing to get to their shooters on the three-point line. I think Josie can struggle, but if Josie is able to get this into a free-flowing game, I think they're in good shape with their guards. I do have a couple girls that can shoot a little bit, and uh, Carly Seeger, she's going to have to play a big role for Banks County inside rebounding uh, because I know they're going to be more athletic, especially with Jenkins. I think she is going to be a key factor to alter some shots inside and block some shots and maybe score on some putbacks. Uh, but Banks plays that 2-3 zone. They'll sit back in there. They'll dare you to shoot, and they're aggressive too because they can kind of extend that 2-3 zone and defend you some. But they're on a string. They do a really good job. But I do think Josie, uh, if they're able to find some open points, or open court transition points, I, I like Josie to win. They're my initial pick. I'm going to go with Josie to beat Banks and get some get back from last year's loss in the Final Four. Top right-hand side, we saw Murray County pull away from Union County, 46-41. A really good game. Union County was uh, right there the entire time, but Murray at home a little too much. And now Murray plays Butler, 64-47 winner over Tattnall County. Uh, Karen Nemo has just started carrying this Butler team has been their feels like their leading scorer every game that dynamic athleticism on the perimeter but can shoot the three pretty well also um Butler also has Brayla Harris who was a region player of the year that leads the team in scoring at about close to 20 points per game I think Butler wins this one I think Butler's at home I think that's going to be tough travel for Murray County uh, but Murray if they can establish the interior play of uh Bay, uh, Bailey Winkler inside. She's got really nice post moves. They can establish her and Miley McClure, who's a strong athlete as well. Uh, I think they could make this one interesting, but I think Butler at home, they're just playing super good basketball right now. Again, talking about what they did in the region tournament, you know, they beat uh, Thompson. They beat Josie. They beat those two tough-nosed teams after they – I don't think they had beaten them all region, you know, region regular season all season long, and they beat them back-to-back. And I think Butler is just rolling right now. I like Butler to win this game at home against Murray County. Bottom right-hand side, Mount Perrin, 77-34 over Athens Academy. Now they see Dodge County, a 66-28 winner against Spencer. I'm going with Mount Perrin to go to Dodge to win this game. I, of course, you know, you got Larrick Green inside, big bulldozer, physical, just scores on putbacks and post feeds on, you know, dump-offs. Uh, she doesn't do a ton of scoring with her back to the basket, but to be fair, she doesn't really need to. She is just so strong, catch the ball, drop step um, if need be, or she just uses those shoulders to move players out of the way. Um, but Mount Perrin, they have Jessica Fields block so many shots. Uh, Ciara Alexander is so good at 
that that weird combo forward, whatever position, power wing if you want to call it, but she's so tough with those, that strong lower half. She explodes up for rebounds super quick with the ball in her hands as a six-foot uh, forward. Um, I think the guard play is going to be leaning heavily in favor of Mount Perrin. I could see Dodge County, if they're able to beat uh, the press, if Mount Perrin goes to the press, I could see uh, Jessica Fields maybe possibly getting into some foul trouble and making this a little bit interesting. If you remember last year in the state tournament, she did get in foul trouble a couple games, and it gave them a little bit of pause. But once she was on the floor, the, you know it was all it was all over. But I just don't think Dodge is going to be able to knock down any outside shots, and it's just going to be inside with Lyric Green. I think that's going to be very tough for her to deal with trying to now score against some explosive leapers with length at about six one six two. She's got the size physicality advantage. Uh, and she can move people away with her her shoulders, but Mount Perrin, I just think they're in a whole nother class, a whole nother stratosphere, and I like Mount Perrin to go into Dodge County and to come away with a huge win in Eastman. Down in Class A, Division One, seven of eight, correctly picked. Top left hand side, Swainsboro too strong for Temple, sixty four forty three. Now Swainsboro will play Galloway. Galloway 62-33 over Elbert County, but it was not that much of a blowout. I think Elbert scored maybe seven points or so in the second half only. This was a game that was single digits in the first half. It was about eh, maybe about five points or so at halftime. Um, let me see if I could check that to make sure 100%. Uh, but this game was really, really close, and then everything just kind of fell to pieces for Elbert County, just couldn't couldn't find enough offense to keep up with the Galloway um, firepower of Tiana Thompson and Taryn Thompson. But this is going to be a tough game for Galloway. Galloway going on the road to Swainsboro. Uh, I think they're going to have to play much better than they did against Elbert County. Swainsboro is tough. They have Tania Williams inside, over 1,000 rebounds. Um, Jaden wins a good guard. Swainsboro is going to bring the fight to this Galloway roster. I can promise you that, uh, you know, the, the star players between the Thompson sisters, they're going to have to really uh, shoot the ball well and get after it. I don't think they're going to have a huge advantage as far as rebounding goes because Williams pretty much vacuums up uh, every single rebound. And Swainsboro, give Swainsboro a ton of credit for what they've done in the non-region schedule. They schedule people. They played veterans twice. They beat veterans once. Veterans is a top 10 team in Class 6A that is in the Elite Eight. That is a good team. What else did Swainsboro do? They played Baldwin. They played Baldwin twice. I know the second time they, they played them, they lost um, by 28 points. But what happened at home against Baldwin? They only lost to Baldwin 55-45. Baldwin is a top 5 team in the entire state regardless of classification it feels like right now. This Swainsboro team punches above their weight class, and Galloway is going to have to be very prepared against a team like this that is not going to back down. They are going to have home court advantage. They are tough. Um, Williams is averaging 16 points and close to 15 rebounds per game. Jaden wins 12 points per game. Hannah Howard averaging close to 10 points per game. Swainsboro is not going to back down in this one. I think outside shooting could be a key factor here. Swainsboro doesn't shoot the three great, but Wynn is connecting at a 30% clip, so she can shoot a little bit, um, but just not a ton of other you know key, key shooters as a team. They made only 87 threes, or at least that's their latest update on Swainsboro. But 
Galloway's going to have to play really well. I think you're going to have to see the freshman, uh, Sophia Luis Pereira. I think she will play a big role with her energy and length at five foot eleven on the perimeter. I think Galloway with that press, if if Swainsboro uh, turns the ball over against a press, I think that could really hurt them a lot. Um, but Elbert County did a pretty good job against the press, and they were able to beat that. Uh, I'm going to go with Galloway here, but I think they are on heavy upset alert traveling to Swainsboro. I think they're going to have to be uh, play very, very well to get past Swainsboro. Um, and that matchup between Dee Stokes and Tania Williams inside for rebounds will be fun to watch. But I'll go get a Galloway, um, but I think they're going to have to play very well. Bottom left-hand side, Bryan County defeated Heard County 63-49. They pulled away late. You saw big efforts from Ashanti Brown, 29 points, 19 rebounds. And then uh, Kaylee Widlow had 12 points. Jasmine Michael had 13 points. They will be traveling to Rabin County, who defeated Mount Pisgah 70-57. to The Lady Cats were letting those threes fly. They hit 13 threes. This is one of the top three-point shooting teams in the entire state, if not the very top three-point shooting team. Um, Lucy Hood had 19 points, five rebounds, seven assists. Millie Watts hit three threes in that first quarter, finished with 15 points. Adeline Thompson off the bench with three threes, had 13 points. Nellie Southard's 12 points and 11 rebounds. On paper, again, mind you, games aren't won and lost on paper, but on paper, Rabin County is probably a pretty heavy favorite against Bryan County. Bryan County is going to play that 2-3 zone, that 1-3-1 zone. Wedlow likes to attack on the left-hand side. She does not score with her left hand. She always tries to finish with her right hand on the left-hand side. Uh, And then you have... um, Ashanti, who's just a great rebounder and just an effort player in Ashanti Brown, but she's only about five foot nine. And remember, Rabin County has seen the likes of six foot three Marlene and Belima inside for Athens Christian and Voldy Bassan, and they they've been battle tested. Bryan County hasn't really played a lot of good teams, especially in the non-region schedule. Um, and the fact that this game is at Rabin County, that's going to be a long day of travel. For Bryan County. Now, if this game was at Bryan, I think you could say, okay, you know, you never know. It's going to be a, a different environment for Rabin, and it could be tricky. But if Rabin plays how they're supposed to play, this is a game that the Lady Cats should win. Um, if those three point shots are falling, they're in good shape. But again, if Rabin, if for some reason the threes aren't falling against the zone, um, this game could be interesting, and Kaylee Widlow is a nice player. She she can put the ball in the basket, and as I mentioned, Ashanti Brown plays super hard inside, uh, but Rabin County should win this game against Bryan County and should make it to the Final Four. Top right-hand side, Athens Christian, 58-50 over Tryon. Closer than I expected. Kudos to Isaiah McCutcheons and the Bulldogs for making that game a fight all throughout and now they see Lamar County 63-40 over Dublin the press Shy Foster as I mentioned in the last podcast I just felt like they're a little bit more organized as far as what they're able to do in the full court with that press this game again I I feel like okay if this game is played in the half court Athens Christian will have a uh, significant advantage here it, it seems like but if this game is up and down like Lamar County likes it and they want to press and let Shy Foster run wild on you, averaging 27 points per game. They get those live ball turnovers and turn those into transition buckets. Lamar County is going to make this interesting. They're going to be able to hang around. Um, but if 
Foster gets in foul trouble. You know, I saw that at the Sandy Spill tip-off classic against Lakeview Fort Oglethorpe. She got in foul trouble, and they were played from behind the entire game and, and suffered an early loss. But if she is on the court and she's getting some help from Zakiria Foster as well, uh, their second-in-command score, they could make this game fun. I do feel like Athens Christian can be pressed a little bit, um, but once they're in the half court, you know, it, it, missed shots for Athens Christian are sometimes uh, just another way as a post-entry pass because their big girls get on the board so exceptionally well and are just so tough to block out. But even though Lamar County doesn't have a ton of size, uh, the freshman Ella Blue Leverett is about five foot ten, is a bigger body, and then also you do have a strong physical post presence. Only again about five seven, five eight, but Journey Harris is a big body, uses her size and physicality to her advantage. So you do have uh, two girls that can match up strength wise with the uh, Athens Christian post, can try to keep them out of the paint. But again, as Tryon ran into in that Sweet 16 round, it feels like whenever ACS needs a big shot, they find Natalie Goff in the corner for a three. Really lights out shooter going to a manual. Can do a little bit more than just shoot, but you know she gets lost in transition a lot and in the corner because everyone is so hyper-focused on stopping Marlene and Voldy Basana in the paint as far as grabbing those rebounds. So she can really hurt you. Ainsley Moore is just a great hustle player, um, but... You know, Lamar County, I'm probably going to sag off her and uh, hope Josie Vaughn's not hot from distance because Josie can score the ball a little bit as well. Again, half-court setting, Athens Christian, heavy favorite, up-court or up-tempo and the full-court, Lamar makes this one interesting, but I think Athens Christian wins this one. It's going to be at Barnesville, so it will be tough, but I do think Athens Christian has shown all throughout the season that they are the better team. Uh, but Lamar, with that athleticism, it's all predicated around Shy Foster. If Shy Foster is held to under 20 points, they are going to lose this game. But if she's able to run wild, 25-plus, uh, the Trojans could win. But I'm going Athens Christian. Bottom right-hand side, St. Francis, 78-38 over Commerce. Now they see East Lauren, 61-58 winner over Pelham. St. Francis will win this game by a lot of points. I saw East Lawrence play earlier in the season. I believe Dodge County ripped off a 29-0 run against them. And that was with just Larrick Green, you know, a big body inside, and they use their press. Well, St. Francis has multiple big bodies inside, and they press even faster and harder. And, and you know, St. Francis will run away with this game. They just have way too much firepower. But uh, the Tanner sisters are Nice little players, especially at that that lower level for East Lawrence, but St. Francis has blue chippers, and they will win this game. Easy. Uh, you're looking about, about 40 points or more. Uh, St. Francis, easy over East Lawrence at home. Lastly, we wrap up in Class A, Division Two, Six of eight we were able to snag correctly. Top left-hand side, Clinch County gets past Randolph Clay, 52-42. And now they will see Chattahoochee County, a 44-43 winner over Johnson County. Clinch County has been my initial pick to make it to the Final Four. No reason to pick against them now. I think Amaria Dean with her athleticism and then Tiana Dorsey inside with her ability to grab rebounds and score at the rim. I think that will be tough for Chattahoochee County to stop. So I am going with Clinch County to make it back to the Final Four. Bottom left-hand side, got these ones wrong. 
Early County eliminated by Montgomery County 58-43. Just cannot stop Marley Bell and Amir Banks this time of year. The dynamic duo uh, doing all the heavy lifting once again. Now they see Christian Heritage, who eliminated the state runner-up LOA at LOA 49-47. Carly Bramlett has had some big contributions in the postseason. Also getting some big-time help from Brooklyn Stallion, a first-team all-region selection. Coach Josh Hembry has put Christian Heritage in a position where, you know, maybe a year or two ago they would think, no, no way we're going to be in the Elite Eight anytime soon. And here you have it. Good coaching matters this time of year, and he's been able to make it happen. Um, But now they're playing Montgomery County. I think Montgomery County wins this game. I just think Marley Bell, she's just such – a freak athlete and plays so hard, can shoot the three a little bit. Banks is tough. Again, it comes out, you got to pick your poison. You got to stop one of them. If you're going to let Bell get her 30 points, you can't let Banks get her 15 or 20 either. You got to stop one of the two. It's, I would say it's probably easier to try and stop Robin than it is to try and stop Batman. Um, it's just been a, a tough task for pretty much everybody. And again, Montgomery County, only one loss on the season. That one loss was when Banks was not playing. So at full strength, uh, Montgomery County has not lost a game this season. And I think they're going to be able to beat Christian Heritage. But I know Christian Heritage will have a very good game plan. They're more well, um, well-rounded, more balanced of a scoring team. And um, they're going to run some, I'm sure, some different defenses to try and slow down uh, that tandem of Bell and Banks. Um, but I do think at the end of the day, those two will be able to secure a victory. Um, so I am going with Montgomery County to top a very good story in Christian Heritage. Top right-hand side, Green 4, 71-46 over Warren County. They will play Wilcox County 47-12 over Portal. Green Forest is my pick. I picked him to win the state title. I'm going to lean on that selection with that monster size inside of 6'6 and just all these middle, uh, well, not Middle Eastern, but European uh, guards that are over six foot tall. They have all the pieces in place. I don't foresee Green Forest getting upset, but Wilcox County. Uh, the fact that this game is at Wilcox can make it a little bit interesting. Green Forest is going to have to go on the road in a tough environment. Uh, Santita Kuhn was a region coach of the year. Has Zariah Martin, the defensive player of the year, and getting some help from Talia Benjamin, the freshman of the year, Janiah Ford, Shamari Martin. But Green Forest, I just think they're going to be too big. Bottom right-hand side, Taylor County in overtime got past Green County 57-44. They will now play Seminole County, 51-43 against Atkinson County, got the win. Uh, So Seminole County advances. I think Region 1 is super tough. I've been saying that for a little while now. Um, Even though it it feels like, what, Region 1, are they the last team standing? Randolph Clay was eliminated. We saw Early County eliminated. We saw Terrell County eliminated. So Seminole County is the last team standing out of Region 1. They are at home, but I do think Taylor County, that's my pick to win this one. Jada Ford, Trista Bennett, they've been tough. Battle tested. They had a really good scare against Green County in overtime. Maybe that wakes them up a little bit that they have to play a bit better. Going to be tough against Seminole. Going to have to stop uh, a couple of their players. Zykeria King was the offensive player of the year in Region 1. And Coach Brandon Ingram does a good job, but I'm going to go with Taylor County. 
to top Seminole County and Donaldsonville. So there you have it. That is the Elite Eight preview, GHSA Girls Basketball State Playoffs Elite Eight preview. And we will be back for the Final Four. It'll be a busy Final Four weekend for me. I'll be in Milledgeville broadcasting those games. But until next time, I will see you in the gym.